yesterday, as, as you know, as we are drawing near to the end of our liturgical year, we're looking at the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. And it is from this last book of the Bible that the Lord wishes to give us instructions, guidance as to who, shall we, who should we be, how should we live in this world, a kind of difficult world in which we live. But if you look at the book of Revelation, and if you kind of read it in one sitting, you'll notice there's many things there. There's, there's a language of, seems to be quite obscure in symbolism. Sometimes it's clear, sometimes it's not. Um, St. John takes us on this journey whereby we witness the angel who's guiding him, showing him things. There's many things there that, that kind of draw our attention, but we're not able to understand everything. However, however we have to know is it was written both for first century Christians, but also for every generation, because God's word is written always, is given to not just a particular group like St. Paul was writing his letters to a particular group of Christians, but at the same time, we are the same groups. We still have the same difficulties or problems as they did. And so here we have today, um, you know, this reading that we began yesterday. On one hand, we have sort of uh, kind of difficult in many ways readings, but on the other hand, on the other hand, we have something that's very concrete and very powerful, because the central theme is this struggle in this world, struggle against like early Christians with the Roman Empire, which is persecuting them, but also struggle of those who wish to remove Christ from us, or those who. Um, have to confront the Antichrist, the spirit of the Lord, and the spirit of Antichrist. They have to, they had to confront then, and we have to do so today too. There's a spirit of Antichrist in our culture, in places where we are, we live. Uh, you know, sometimes maybe in our very, very families we have that the opposition to Christian, Christian values, but also opposition to Christ Himself. People don't want to have it. You know, sometimes they, they go and even choose, you know, I prefer Buddha or someone, or, you know, or some other type of philosophy to find salvation, to find joy. And so they reject Christ. And so these themes are kind of prominent themes contained in the, in the book of Revelation, themes of struggle, strings of choosing the Lord, following him. If, uh, facing persecution, facing difficulties, and, and with the Lord's help, knowing that all we'll be able to overcome because God is still God, and God shall help us to overcome no matter what we have to go through, even if, if we have to offer our human life, the life on earth, for him. Now, yesterday, after this general introduction, we see St. John... Uh, who is guided by the, by the angel, and it is the angel of God who tells him what to write. And so, first of all, he wrote this letter to Ephesians, and he acknowledges that this church in Ephesus had to struggle, had to overcome many things. But there's one thing that the angel of God is reminding 
through St. John to the community in Ephesus, he says, but they have to turn, they have to repent because they no longer have that love which originally they had. Once they embraced the faith, they were very happy. They love the Lord, they love each other. But then, no, as we know in community, there are different people, there are different problems, difficulties. But at the same time, what the angel says to the community is that they don't have that love anymore. That love which was manifested when somebody falls in love, you see it. Sometimes when they live together for a number of years, you don't even see it. Do they actually know each other? You know, so that's, the, that's part of the problem. And so that's why just as marriages have to be renewed, families have to be renewed in love. Christians have to be renewed in their love for Christ because he is at the center of, of their life. Because once you reduce the level of love for Christ and you also reduce the level of love for, the, for each other, it's not possible because then we see all the difficulties. Now today we have two other churches. There's seven of them. So, so, so there's seven churches. Seven churches basic means complete in the symbolic language that these are a variety of, of churches which are in existence today too. And what type of uh, churches which are mentioned today? There's two of them. One is Sardis and the other one is in Laodicea. And, and so what, what is their difficulty? Well, in the church of Sardis has type of activism, but this type of activism doesn't seem to lead to a deeper faith. They're doing a lot of things. And the church in Laodicea, there's an apathy. Very well-to-do, very well-to-do, rich, but kind of apathetic. And so, so, so when we look at the readings today, so what does the Lord say? to the spirit, to, to, the, to the church of, of Sardis. Um, the one who has seven spirits of God and seven stars says, I know your works, that you have the reputation of being alive, very active. You're doing all kinds of things, but spiritually you're dead. There's a, you lack that faith. Be watchful and strengthen what is left because otherwise everything's going to be dead. You no longer have faith. So that means that there is faith, but it's very weak. But there's lots of activity going on. For I have not found your works complete. You do a lot of things, but they're not complete in the sight of God because what, what happens is that that faith dimension is low. Maybe activists, maybe social activists, maybe all kinds of other things. You know, you know we know in the, the church, you know, the, uh, the, the whole liberation theology produced a lot of activity, even asking that, that you know, the Lord would carry an AK-47 on his shoulders and make sure that society will be all just according to a principle, Marxist principle. You know, but, but that's not what faith is all about. It's not enforced social justice. It's not enforced with some form of ideology in the name of, doesn't matter what name. So this is what, this is what uh, St. John is writing to the church in Sardis under the inspirations of, of the Holy Spirit, under the inspiration of the angel. And so you have to repent. You have to be watchful because the faith that you have, the little faith that you have may, may be extinguished just like a candle for lack of, 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 of uh, you know, wax and may just disappear. 
And so it says you have to, you have to turn back. And, 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 and because the Lord will come when you least expect. Of course, that's, that's, that's something that is here today. You have to, you have soiled your garments through the lack of faith. You have to renew it. You have to make it clean again through the blood of Christ. You have to be, you have to embrace the faith, embrace the love for the Eucharist. Because today we see that people are starving for their spiritual gifts because they don't participate in sacramental life. I know this pandemic has brought some people closer to the Lord, but others, they have kind of become even lukewarm. And that brings us to another group, and that is in Laodicea. Laodicea was famous for medicine and banking. A lot of people were all to do. Medicine can produce wealth as well as banking. And so, but what happened is that but there's a spiritual apathy, spiritual apathy. And this is the, this is the difficulty, amen. The faithful and true witness, the source of God's creation says to you, I know your works. I know that you're neither cold nor hot, indifference, apathy. I wish you were either cold or hot because, because if you're lukewarm, then I'll spit you out of my mouth. Either you're for me or you're against. You can't be just, well, you know, I wouldn't do it, but I don't, I'm not going to tell what somebody else is to do. And that's our sometimes philosophy on, on eliminating children in the womb. I wouldn't do it, but who am I to say or whatever, or you, who am I, you know, so it's like this type of apathy. There's really no conviction, very weak faith, weak, uh, weak faith within us. And so the Lord doesn't want that. He says, for you, I am rich and affluent. That's why they say, for you say, I am rich and affluent and have no need of anything. And yet you do not realize that you are wretched, poor, blind, naked. So it's the spirit of God saying, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may really be rich and that white garments, that you put the white garments on your, so to cover your shameful nakedness and not be exposed again. We have the, the language here of symbolic language of being cleansed, being purified by yourself, which is true gold. And that gold will last, you know, how many times you see advertising, you know, give yourself a little, you know, nest, you know, a golden, you know, uh, nest, egg nest, you know, so to speak, surely for the future. But the Lord says to the language of scripture today, what is gold? Gold is, is, is possessing the life of grace, life of God. It's possessing, possessing that which never changes, will never be corroded, never be stolen, the gift of God, divine life through the Eucharist, through the sacraments, through prayer, through con contemplation, all those things which stay with us and transform us and enrich us. Those whom I love, I reprove and chastise. So he says, the Lord says, yes, he sees there. He says, but he's calling them to repentance. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Because I stand at the door and knock. The imagery of Jesus, how many times you've seen maybe perhaps a picture of Jesus in front of a door, but there's no doorknob there. There's no doorknob. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then I will enter his house and dine with him and he with me. 
inviting the Lord to come in so he can bring the Eucharist. So he can bring the Eucharist, inviting the Lord to, to one's house, the house of our heart. That's what we do today. We invite him to come into our heart so that he may be with us, so he may dine with us, so may he give us the richest, the richest, the choicest food of, of grace, the gifts that will last for eternity. And I will give the victor the right to sit with me at my, on my throne. So the one who's victorious over sin, over evil one, I will give that victor the right to sit with me on my throne as I myself first won the victory and sit with my father on his throne. So Jesus is inviting us to be at the right hand of God, to sit on a throne. What extraordinary invitation. Are these just words? Are these just images? No, it's the power of grace, true life given by God. This is what we have in front of us because whoever has ears to ought to hear and the Spirit says what the Spirit says to the churches. Look at the, the Zacchaeus. Yes, he made his wealth collecting extra taxes made himself wealthy. He was, he was a leader of the tax collectors. And yet, why was he interested in seeing who Jesus was? He had everything. He was fairly well-to-do, known. And yet, there's something missing in his life. He wanted to see who this Jesus was. And he made himself a fool, a rich man climbing a tree, a fool. I mean, children do that. Adults don't do it. You know, what type of opinion would we have if somebody here on the property all of a sudden climbs the tree because there's a procession? You know, kind of foolish. And yet he made himself a fool because he wanted to see who Jesus was. And Jesus noticed that. So he called back maybe the foolish guy. People probably were laughing at him. Look at that man, you know. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down quickly because I want to go to your house. I want to dine with you. I want to prepare a special spiritual meal for you with you. I'll share my life with you. And Zacchaeus jumped, quickly came down, invited him home. But in the process, already he recognized that God gave him a new life. He recognized him. He knew that he was broken man. Unaccepted, yes, rich, but, but unaccept, unaccepted by, by people around. And here, the, the, the special teacher, as people consider him, miracle worker, powerful man of grace, and yet he invites him. He goes to his house. And he, in the process, already goes to conversion. If I had defrauded anybody, I will make up. I'll even give four times what I gave, what I took away. Half of my possessions immediately I'll give away. That's that's type of recognition. That's the type of love that was missing in the Church of Laodicea, or maybe even in Sardis too, activists, but no, no Christ or a little bit of Christ, and the indifference, apathy of Laodiceans. This is what the Lord is inviting us to have this this type of new, renewed love for Christ. Renewed, and how can we get it? Very simply, you ask. We ask, Lord, help my 
lack of faith, help my lack of zeal, help my lack of love, help me to overcome that which seems to be dragging me down. You know, whether it's my, you know, my, my rebellion, my anger, my depressions, whatever it may be, you've got to help me out because I can't do it myself. I can't break out of this. And it's keeping me away from really participating in my faith. Or sometimes I'm, my fear, my worry, whatever it may be, my, my, my feeling of insecure or my lack of sense of who I am. Uh, the Lord has to help us. The people, many people have problems with their self-identity. They don't know who they are. You know, they're afraid. They're, you know, the Facebook seems to create this sort of uh, this image of yourself, whatever you'd wish to be. You know, dining and this and that. You know, it's like because people almost wish to have some form of recognition, deeper recognition of who they are, or their families are. But that doesn't really give us that fulfillment because only God knows who we are. And he wants to enrich us. He wants us to make us son and daughter of God, destined for glory. He's one he wants to give us. But we have to embrace him, accept him. When he knocks on the door, that we would open the door. This is something that today's saint, Albert the Great, did. Smart man. He was a smart man. He was from around the Danube River, from German parentage in the 1100s. And he was, he was a very, very smart young man. He went to, uh, before he even joined the Dominicans, he already completed uh, University of of Padua and Paris, and so he was very smart there. He was introduced by, by the rediscovery of Aristotle and the writings of Aristotle. As you know, Aristotle wrote many, many books on every, every aspect of our, of our uh, sciences. He was the one who codified sciences, what we have right now, even to this very day. Philosophies, you know, the physics, metaphysics, that could go beyond. He was also the one who, you know, he was the personal advisor and guide to uh, Saint, uh, not Saint, but uh, Alexander the Great. He was his teacher. And uh, as you know, Alexander the Great conquered the, the, the whole of Middle East, uh, even Africa as well, partially in Northern Africa. So he was, he was quite, quite a, an incredible man as a brilliant strategist. But that was part of the um, whom uh, uh, Aristotle was able to, to help grow. But at any rate, Aristotle became known, especially since Muslims became interested in it and kind of rediscovered as they were, you know, uh, you know as they were um, expanding their, their, their whole faith-based empire. As they went into Europe, they rediscovered Aristotle. And so Aristotle became, to, became known again. And it was Albert the Great who saw the wisdom of Aristotle as being uh, kind of commensurate, as being able to be related to Christianity because of what is called basic common sense. Common sense. The our ability to look at the reality as it is, to come to know the reality. And so it was Albert the Great who introduced philosophy in such a powerful way into a Christi Christian, Christian uh, foundation. And so being a teacher of Thomas Aquinas, Thomas Aquinas went with that. And as you know, Thomas Aquinas wrote this brilliant Summa Theologica where he used language 
of philosophy known as the handmaid of theology, being able to articulate things, able to, to draw proper theological reflections and conclusions. I mean, it's a brilliant work, but it was because of Albert the Great, the love that he had for the Lord, the love that he had for knowledge and understanding. He was tasked by, by a bishop to write a book that would bring all the sciences and faith together. So first, it was like a first attempt, but then his student, his, his small student at that time, but he grew in wisdom, knowledge, and became the great teacher. Both became, for us, exceptional doctors of the church, of knowledge, of our faith. Maybe then today, we're invited by the Spirit of the Lord through the guidance of St. John and through the letters that we will read next couple of days, the letters that we read, how we can grow in faith, how we can be challenged by grace to be more than we can be by ourselves because now we're not able to be by ourselves that which the Lord has prepared destined for us. But part and parcel is acceptance of the Lord, acceptance of his grace, asking him to help us to, to come to know him more, to love him more, to participate in sacraments, to participate in life of prayer, to become enriched, to become children of God, sons and daughters of God. That's what we're invited so that we may share eternal glory with him. That's the path, and that's why we gather here, to be enriched spiritually, to be enriched by our knowledge, to be enriched by the transformation of grace, because this is what the Lord has come to this earth for. He wants us to be with him, to sit together with him as victors over sin, over death, to sit with him on the throne of God's glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org.
www.marianhelper.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.